So I'm trying to send out the the show tweet. By the way, my name is Chad Hartman. What's your name again? Billy. Billy. Better than Alan. Oh, that. I mean, we're 12 seconds into the show this week, and you're already hating on my middle name. (laughs) Is that too soon? I'm trying to figure out why I've had to send this uh, tweet out nine times. The Twitter machine is, uh, I don't know, maybe I need to go to the Twitter files. or What's going on? How are you, by the way? Like you care. I do. <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm good on this lovely Monday. I was enjoying the heat walking in here today. I know. That's uh, that's one of my underrated, overrated, properly rated. Okay, let's see if it works this time. Oh, I think it did. I think it did. There we go. There we go. That is uh, I, I, I overrated, underrated, properly rated in an hour. I think the 40-degree walk is so underrated. But we'll get to that in an hour or so. We're here till 3. Mr. Drusha will follow us courtside with Jason. Adam and Jordana have just left the building. Adam is out tomorrow, Dave Harrigan, for Ask Adam Anything. But what a bonus. I've already lined it up. The Doctor of Love is going to join us tomorrow in place of Adam Carter. So Ask the Doctor of Love Anything on Valentine's Day. How about that? That's a great booking. Could it get any better than that? So we'll look forward to that, but let's jump in today. So, okay, let's also get to this because I heard Carter suggesting this, the oldest 48-year-old, again, guys watching the uh, the Golden Girls and Love Boats and Old Country Buffet suggesting the game is starting too late and today needs to be a national holiday. Dead to me. The game ended at 9, what, 10 last night? 9.15? In that range. What time do most evening games end? 10? 9.30? And no, 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 not a national holiday. Put a cork in the bottle. At some point, taper... You're drinking. And for those folks here again who are going to get too deep in the cocktails, they're probably getting too deep in the cocktails anyway. So stop with, oh, my God, we can't have this game go so late when it's 9.15. And absurd that national holiday, where I will agree with them, is this idea that one out of every five workers is not working today. That is such utter nonsense. You don't believe that, do you? Well, the professionals did the study, Chad. Of course I believe it. I believe in science. Of course you do. One, text me right now. On any of these stops, by the way. Does this game have to start earlier? It ends at nine ten. What time are you people taking your teeth out? Of course it's later because of television. Of course, it's later because of money. I got it. 
It's a Sunday sport, played on Sunday. National holiday, you've got to be kidding me. Okay, more days off? I mean, we can't get people to work now. We're going to give people more national holidays? And do you honestly think one in five workers today are not working? Are you seeing that? You want to chime in any of that? Cities one, talk and text line, 651-461-9226. You want to chime in on this before I get to was yesterday's ending good, bad, or perfect? We'll get to that in a second, but on the national holiday nonsense, one in five, apparently you believe in science, so you're buying that. <laughs> and the game ends too late. Too late. Can't make it up. It's not too late. Sunday is perfect for the Super Bowl, except I think the NFL should have the ability to, if uh, if we you know if we just don't like the matchup, ah, flex it to Thursday. <laughs> so, well, I don't, th- you know, just a hunch. I didn't play the game. I don't know. The game. Most of the time, we do get two pretty good teams, right? Yeah, but you know, say there was a an issue and there was a major injury on one side and we knew, you know, Thursday. Yeah, exactly. You know what? This is not going to be a good game now. Cause you know, whoever name your quarterback is going to be out. We got to rely on the backup. Ah, eh, let's just play it Thursday night and get it over with. Let us enjoy our weekend. I had not considered that. I had not considered that. Uh, we don't have many people work on Mondays and Fridays, so it's tough to judge CCO in all sincerity. You don't think 20% of the folks are just not showing up at work today, do you? <laughs> uh, nationwide, no. I think that's ridiculous. And judging by uh, what it's looked like downtown today on a Monday, street parking looked pretty full all around. I think yeah. we're, 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 we're busy enough. Chime in, 651-461-9226. I know the individual involved has stood tall. James Bradbury talking about the call, which was a huge part of the outcome. Not everything, but when you have a call this late, which sets up the Chiefs just to milk the clock and end it, it's enormous. Bradbury on the call. I was hoping he'd let it go, but of course he's a ref. It was a big game. It was a hold, so he called it. Referee, Carl Jeffers. It was a clear case of a jersey grab that caused restriction. Set it up. Instead of maybe an early field goal, giving Hertz and company time to win the game or tie the game with plenty of time. When you look at the way it played out, I want you to let me know through a text or a call, 651-461-9226. Considering it's 35-35, not a lot of defense, tons of offense, Mahomes as Mahomes. Jalen Hurts showing again he's, he's one of the five best quarterbacks in the game. With this call. Either it's made or it's not made. In this case, it was made. Was it 
a good ending? Was it a bad ending? Or was it a perfect ending to this Super Bowl, which people are going to remember for a long, long time? Let me know. 651-461-9226. Our longtime ad guru, Mr. Patrick Hunt, who runs the very successful Hunt Atkins ad agency here in town. Patrick is about 15 minutes away on the Super Bowl. 99-year-old Adam Carter thinks the game should start earlier and thinks today should be a national holiday. I think both are ridiculous. You can chime in, 651-461-9226. And also, was the ending with the controversial call, was it a good ending, was it a bad ending, or a perfect ending? Dave Harrigan, on that one, you say... I'm going to quote the great Drew McGarry, if you're familiar with him, Deadspin author, now writes for Defector, big Vikings fan. His tweet last night set it up perfectly. Quote, you, it was clearly a hold, people. Why don't you go back to being bleeping RAs again? Absolutely perfect. Yeah, okay, it was technically a hold, fine. But stop ruining everybody's fun. It wasn't that big of a deal. Well, here's why I, th- here's why I agree with you. It was a perfect ending because the NFL wants to continue the word of mouth and the conversation and the debate and the topics every second, every minute, every hour, every day, on every planet. And this just adds to it. Yep. Right? If mm-hmm. it's just a simple I mean, let's be honest, the pro okay. I know there's probably some actual data, but this is more anecdotal. As the Eagles are up twenty four to fourteen at halftime. And Pat Mahomes is limping off the field. I've got the Eagles winning the game at about 84.8%. How about you at that point? Up by 10. Their time of possession is just short of 22 minutes. Their offensive line is destroying the Chiefs' defensive line. Hurts outside of the fumble, and that was a big play, is playing great. And Mahomes, at that point, isn't really playing like Mahomes. He's playing well, but he's not dominating the game, and he's hurt his ankle again. I got it at almost 85% Eagles winning. You at that point thought? My only thought at halftime was, has any team had an easier run to a Super Bowl championship than the Eagles this year? Beating the average Giants, the San Francisco 49ers, who didn't have a quarterback, and now the Chiefs, who it appeared, might have to go to the backup or have a very hobbled Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Game was as good as over. I thought so too. I really did. And then, and he he claims, told the trainers, "Get away from me." <laughs> sure, he did. Don't give me any treatment. I'm not buying that. I'm just sorry. I'm not buying that. But if it's just Mahomes in the finish, it's more about the elation and the brilliance, and that's all still there. 
But now we got the controversy. And I, this is how stubborn I am. I know James Bradbury is saying it was a hold. No, James, I don't agree with you. And you did it. I think it was a terrible call. Good call, bad call, terrible call for for this perfect ending because it just added to the controversy. Bad call. Bad call. It was a technical, technical hold, but I don't think that that gets called more than 50% of the time in the second quarter of a preseason game. Yeah, I agree. And they were – I think there's a rhythm to how you're calling the game. I don't listen. If it's call, it's a call. I'm never let him just decide it. Yeah. It's call. I just if, if they hadn't the, called it and we had all seen the replay, Chiefs fans would have been like, ah, I kind of grabbed that. It wasn't that big of a deal. I think you're 100 percent right. Let's go to some calls here on in the topics at hand. Patrick has called in a news talk eight three of WCC. Go go ahead, Patrick. Hi, Chad. Oh, Patrick, you've called in already? Well, yes. You said, which Patrick are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about you. This is our guy, <laughs> Patrick Hunt. This is Patrick the Guru. This is you. I mean, do you want to chime in on this before I bring you back for the commercials? Was it a good, bad, or a perfect ending? <laughs> well, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, help that the player in question admitted there was a a hold. So I don't, I don't know where to go from there. I think he was tortured, Patrick. I think he was tortured in that. That's why he had to say, do you think the game, do you think the game starts too late? And you think today should be a national holiday? Uh, well, it started for uh, three o'clock for me here, three thirty for me here. So it was, uh, it was actually kind of early. <laughs> and we don't need an, we don't need a national holiday. Do we? Well, as an, as an, if, I, if I were an employee, I'd say absolutely. But as an employer, I'd say absolutely not. So. <laughs> All right. We'll put Patrick back go. on hold. That's our that's our friend Patrick Hunt. He's going to join in on the commercials. I didn't think he explained you enough, Dave, who he was. <laughs> no, you just told me somebody named Patrick was calling. I pick up the phone. There's a guy named Patrick. Okay, we're good. <laughs> Mike, go ahead. You're on CCO. Hey, Chad. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, you know, I don't think it was good or bad. I think it just is, right? Was it an egregious hold? Probably not. But it's still holding, you know. And the Eagles, you know, he Bradbury admitted that he did it. You know, if you're going to hold somebody there, that's because you're worried about getting burned. And, you know, in effect, he broke, knowingly broke the rules, which is cheating, or at least an attempt to hold somebody back and cheat so they don't uh, burn you. And I think the Eagles got what they deserve. I have no, there's no deserve in sports. You know, it's, you don't take turns, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's holding. Thank you, Mike. Listen, I mean, it's a very defendable position, Dave, when the guy himself says, I held, I just, I look at what happens in these games and what happens with wide receivers and cornerbacks. And I don't, think it was but that's a heck of a comeback when the guy himself says it now when you call for a penalty do you think that's cheating Dave because I don't think it's cheating um it could be I don't think in this case it is I mean I, I think certain penalties you could be trying to cheat but I don't I don't think you know I think 
defensive backs and receivers, it's just kind of part of how you have to play the game. Your hands are moving. You grab a little bit. You have to, you know, just how it is. I guess I'm playing too much semantics here, and others can go the other way. I, it's just a violation of the rules. Cheating is, you know, spygate and, you know, banging the garbage can with the Astros and uh, taking drugs. I look at that more as cheating. Among the uh, techs, perfect ending the game. The kicker could have missed the field goal, too, and we would have been overtime as long as the ref called the game the same way the whole game. No issues. I have five employees. One did not show up. 20% science. <laughs> it was an interesting ending without the Chiefs use the clock to score late. Did you think our guy, former purple extraordinaire, Jarek McKinnon, was about to go in the end zone for that brief second where you could think about it? I thought he was. Absolutely, I thought he was. I did, too. I did, too. Uh, Moronic call, let him play. The flag could have been thrown 60 times a game. Uh, how comparable was this call to Drew Pearson? To me, not close. Bogus call, a bogus outcome. Fly, Eagles, fly. It was a good ending, but it would have been great had they let the call go. The call was proper. You're reading all sorts of texts here at the City's One uh, Talk and Text Line. But they hadn't called much of that all game, so no consistency is an issue. Perfect. How many overtimes can they play? Forever. If the NFL expands 18, 18 games, we'll push the Super Bowl to the third week in February. <laughs> Who knows how far this this league will go? I know this. I'm aroused about the USFL, aren't you, Dave? After all those commercials yesterday, eight weeks away, man. Can't I mean can't be more excited. No, the, the XFL kicks off real soon, right? Maybe even this That's weekend. Right. Thank God oh. we've got competing off-season leagues. This is great, great stuff. The proper ending would have been the kicker slipping on the horrible turf. <laughs> By the way, let's talk about that. George Toma, our guy. You know, the guy who's the, the god of the sod. What were they doing? How is that possible for this? And don't tell me it's painted. It's always painted. How could they screw up the grass that bad? Listen. As a guy who was in Arizona 30 years ago and really was an expert on grass back then, Dave, <laughs> wouldn't have been an issue for me. They could have called you. $800,000 the NFL spent on that terrible sod. God, that was really bad. All right, we had a preview from our guy, Mr. Hunt. Patrick Hunt, who runs Hunt Adkins on the commercials. You want to give a thought on the commercials, a favorite, one you hated, a theme, something that stood out. Let's keep those coming. We always love to get your feedback on all these issues. 651-461-9226. Before we uh, bring Patrick in the conversation, Dave, what is our music theme today? Well, you already had a uh, little Bonnie Tyler holding out for a hero. Now you've got Christina Aguilera with Can't Hold Us Down. Every song you'll hear has hold or holding in the title as a tribute <laughs> To the way our Super Bowl ended last night. <laughs> Tribute to James Bradbury, Juju <laughs> Schuster, and everybody involved. I like it. Patrick Hunt is the chief brain wizard of the best ad agency in the state of Minnesota. Hunt Atkins, they have worked with so many different brands, recognizable brands in Minnesota and across the country. You can check out Patrick and his entire team's excellent work at Hunt 
Adkins.com. We have been friends for 25-some years. We've been doing this on the air, I think, for about 20 years, going back to the fan. Patrick, keen observer of Super Bowl commercials. Mr. Hunt is with us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. You always pay close attention to USA Today. It's such a recognizable newspaper, the ad meter, and the reflection. So when you look at how USA Today and their ad meter judge the commercials, what jumps out at you most? Well, I actually thought the uh, the top ten were relatively predictable in a good way. Uh, I think what really stood out, though, is as you probably noticed from a theme standpoint, it was celebrities, uh, celebrities, and then more celebrities. Mm-hmm. And did I mention yes. celebrities? Uh, but yes. when you get to the top uh, three uh, spots on the ad meter, none of them had celebrities. So, mm-hmm. you know, in my personal opinion, and you know, being part of a creative agency, I, I do like when an idea or a concept wins over, you know, uh, other approaches that are just not as conceptual. Uh, the farmer's dog won. It's emotional. It was one of a couple dog spots we saw. Did it stand out to you as much as it did to many across the country? <laughs> it did, but I guess this is the reason that works. You know, I, we've got two dogs, big dog lovers. Uh, I'm the type of guy who starts to get emotional and depressed about losing my dog five or six years before it's even a possibility. <laughs> so I'm watching it going, oh, God, I didn't want to watch the end of this. Uh, but that's that's why it's so effective. Um you know, puppies and dogs win for a reason. The emotional connection really stood out. So let's let's go back to your first point, too, about celebrity after celebrity after celebrity. When I think just an, uh, as an observer last year, the one thing stands out to me is crypto, 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 and celebrity mm-hmm. after celebrity after celebrity. And a lot of those celebrities are now in the meat grinder considering what's happened to that particular industry clearly didn't cause any of these huge collective brands to say, whoa, maybe we shouldn't go after all the Ben Afflecks of the world. Did that surprise you in any way, considering the theme of last year? You know, you, you bring up a great point, and, and, and this, is, this is what's kind of ironic, is that, you know, brands use celebrities – as kind of a safety first strategy. You know, if, if, if you're going to spend that much money in a Super Bowl spot, the thinking is the safest thing we can do is to use a celebrity, when in fact it also carries quite a bit of risk. I mean, one false move by one of the celebrities in your lineups, then now you're pulling a spot that you spent a lot on in both production and, and media, and then everything goes to waste. So, uh, you know, it's 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 a bet that they make. I think they consider the ramifications of you know, poor behavior or what other controversy mm-hmm. can come up with said celebrity. But um, it really is based on a safety first strategy, which is, again, ironic. Patrick Hunt with us from Hunt Atkins. He's joined me for years and years the day after uh, the Super Bowl to talk about commercials. Okay, staying with the celebrities among those ads. Which one to you uh, connected the most is memorable that somebody like yourself in the industry is going to like, but then the average consumer, it's also going to stay with them. 
Um, I think Ben Affleck, the Duncan um, yep. spot, uh, it ranks very high in almost all measures. Uh, the, the thing about it, and again, this is really our perspective, I think it proves to be true, is when you put a celebrity in a different kind of environment or in a kind of a surprise storyline, that's when it's most effective. When you just use a celebrity in kind of their typical way with a few exceptions, it's not going to break out as much. So, you know, the, the, the funny thing about the Ben Affleck spot, I don't know if you know, but, you know, he's been captured on camera many times going to Duncan. Uh, yes. People create memes about him, you know, being yes. kind of angry, trying to juggle all of his stuff. So he is an actual user of the brand. Yes. And then to put him in the store like that was, uh, I thought, very well done. I thought it was, too. It's it's the Boston background. I've heard him in interviews saying, I don't care. I'm going to Duncan. I love it. He's even had fun with the memes. I think also the fact that, again, context, who knows what really was going on, but that the Sunday before, if you watch the Grammys, you saw him and Affleck had the, the resting bee face seemingly the entire time that now he's, in theory, sneaking away from J-Lo, and then she shows up at Dunkin' Donuts, just added to the fact that the two have been in the news for that dynamic the last eight days. <laughs> it is. It is. It is, uh, it is. You're exactly right. You're exactly right on that. So I feel like I ask you these two questions or something close to this each time, but it stands out to me each time, and, and, and I hear feedback from others. Let's talk about the movies again. These are mm -hmm. enormous movies with word of mouth. I mean, Fast and Furious 5000, whatever we're at now, Transformers, you name it. The, the, the Jordan one coming out again with Affleck and Damon. When they're going to spend so much money already, when a lot of these movies are months and months and months away, is it just we want to be a part of the cool crowd? What What is your theory on this? It's actually, and I, I don't mean this in a bad way, I mean this in an effective way. <clears throat> Movie marketing is very formulaic. And by that I mean, you know, it's tried and true and they know it works. And, you know, an analogy might be if you're opening up a restaurant, you want that restaurant busy right out of the gate uh, because that's much better than trying to fix a problem where the parking lot is empty. And that's the same thing with movies in that uh, they want to create buzz. They want to make sure that, you know, on their release dates that they have full theaters and that those numbers get released and that just accelerates the buzz. Uh, you're never going to see anything, you know, rarely more creative than the movie itself. It's really about sampling, just like marketing video games. Uh, yeah. It's sampling and it, it works and it's very effective and the metrics prove it. Okay, let me pause on this. I want to get to a lot of text. Give me your thoughts on what Patrick has said so far, what stood out to you about the commercials yesterday, what you love, what you hated, what the theme. I think Patrick's nailed it on the celebrities, and we've talked about a number of the items. But I want to talk to Patrick when we come back about this one. Where is the line where commercial can be really, really creative, but even five minutes later as you watch the game, you have no idea the product it was it was hawking so the the patrick hunts of the world think man that was such a cool spot but the consumer sitting at home is like yeah i remember this person but i have no idea the product they were selling 
You can chime in anytime you'd like on the City's One Talk and Text Line. 651-461-9226. Back with Patrick in moments. Now, if you're thinking about, you are thinking about uh, working with anybody other than John Schuster, I don't know what you're doing. He is the best. Let me talk about Josh. Josh had a uh, fabulous experience with the Schuster Group purchasing his Eden Prairie home. That memory lasted for five years. So when it's ready to move, time to move again, there was only one team to call. John and the entire team. That's the John Schuster Group. Josh knew in this change market, you need a team. Well, guess how about this team? Over 133 years of combined experience, and they've sold successfully in every type of market. The Schuster Group put that experience to work for Josh and get this. Even though Josh didn't get multiple offers on the sale, and seemingly you want multiple offers, guess what? Because of the negotiating skills, they still sold the house right away for over the asking price. History repeated itself, and Josh couldn't be happier. How do you get a hold of this man who's a nine-time winner as the number one listing agent with Coldwell Banker here in the state of Minnesota? Online, johnschustergroup.com, or call 952-222-9000. Overrated, underrated, properly rated next hour. Also, a man who has lived uh, the... Remarkable challenges of homelessness turned his life around, reacting to a study which came out from the Minnesota Department of Health. Good guest on that topic. They got a very, very serious topic in about uh, 35 minutes. Our friend Patrick Hunt, who runs Hunt Atkins, great ad agency here in the state of Minnesota. We're talking to Patrick, as always, the day after the Super Bowl. So this balance of brilliance, creativity, maybe stars, maybe not stars. It sticks with you. It's memorable. But the product doesn't as much. And a texture said this. Could this be part of the strategy, Patrick? They want you to go to Google, YouTube, see that ad, and see it over and over again to see the company it was for. I guess that's twofold, right? How much of this is still the lasting Google, YouTube effect and that balance that we've discussed before, that creativity versus the product really stands out to the viewer. Uh, I, I think that, that that person who texted that question is, is spot on for one facet of it at least is there is a lot of discussion online and all of these spots are presented online by these brands. Now, yeah. uh, when you take a spot in a typical environment, it's about reach and frequency. You know, reach is the percentage of the target audience you're trying to um, to touch, and frequency is the number of times that individual sees the spot. And, and it's a combination of the two to be effective. Now, in a Super Bowl uh, or the Oscars, for example, it's very different because people actually have been trained, if you will, to tune in and actually watch the spots as much as they're watching the game or the concept that's being presented. So it makes it a little bit um, different. However, most of these brands, we talked about this last year, most of these brands pre-release their spots to make sure they're starting to get the buzz and they're starting to get the frequency Mm -hmm. and they're warming up the crowd to see um, that spot and try to touch uh, the brand and the the product and the creative together. 
um, you know, where do you think that's going to go? Are they going to literally start putting these ads out two or three weeks ahead? I mean, this obviously wasn't something they did they do already. Is it really that far out? Okay. They do. They're doing that far out and they do things like games and promotions and things to get you to actually pay attention before you even see the spot. Give me an ad or two that you thought was just disastrous. That didn't make any sense. That's easy. (laughs) That's easy. M&M's, I think, was just an absolute mess. Um, And, again, they've been embroiled in controversy, deserved or or, or not. You know, it's up to people to judge. And then to sort of leverage that, but then, and then, you know, pivot back. I it, it, it just, it was just an absolute mess. I thought, I thought Remy Martin was another one that was just odd. Um, horses and athletes and, you know, you have an individual, Lena, who's giving a pep talk to a team when she plays an individual sport, uh, yeah, full of ca- cliches with occasional clips of horses, uh, trotting down the road. <laughs> It was just uh, bizarre, in my opinion. All right. Uh, how did Rihanna play in the Hunt Fashion household yesterday? Give me your game. Zero to ten, Rihanna, what did you think? Well, you know, we were actually at a party. Uh, and so, um, you know, it, it was a little bit difficult with that many people to kind of see and hear what's going on. But uh, interestingly, um, she, she, she had a product placement that was really stood out and a lot of people are buzzing about today where she yep. stopped and used her makeup right. line. Um, yep. but overall, it's Bravo. I, I'm, I'm not a big, uh, you know, I wouldn't say I'm not a big Rihanna person. I'm just not as familiar. Um, I thought it was, uh, thought it was a pretty cool halftime show. Uh, but, but I'm hearing a lot of differing opinions online today about that. Um, that the, Shocking, right? that the platform is derivative, uh, no other guests involved, um, yeah. you know, and then the whole, is she pregnant, is she not pregnant thing, so there's a lot going on. So I thought the platforms were cool. Uh, I think the fact that she showed everybody she's pregnant is a talker. I like Rihanna. I don't love Rihanna, so it's not like I was just going to be mesmerized by it. I was reminded she has such a long list of number one hits. She's got 14 number one songs. That is amazing. Um, She's not going to be as physical as some others if she's pregnant. I get it. I do wish, because like part of the reason why I love the Grammy so much the week before is here are these different artists coming together. And that's become so much a staple to me of the Super Bowl, that it's the headliner, but then guess who's going to join them? I wish we would have had either somebody or one or two people join. That That's part of what I wanted to see. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. Um, given that she just gave birth in May and then, you know, looks like pregnant again, you know, she's not released an album for six or seven years, hasn't performed live for something like five. Uh, she may have to go into another one of those spells, um, yeah. given that she's having another child. Uh, but it might have been, you know, rehearsal time or who knows uh, what what caused that decision. But I know it was been asked a lot, that question. Say hello to the family, and uh, I will see you soon. Thank you, my friend. I'll do that. All right. Thanks, Jeff.
Patrick Hunt, check out Hunt Atkins and the decades and decades run of success. Overrated next hour, Lindis Construction Time Check. It's time for us to stop talking. Time for you to start planning your spring decking project.